Everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 386 now of the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. And guess what? Yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, a lot of people are asking me after something that I wrote this week, and it's gone viral. Uh, people wondering, uh, and I've been asked seriously for a long time if I would ever become the mayor of Seattle. Uh, I wrote kind of a manifesto. I put it up on my Facebook page. Had an incredible reaction, but I wasn't trying to get an incredible reaction. I was trying to do something else. Uh, And I'll tell you about that here in a mere moment and uh, if I'm actually running for the mayor of Seattle. In the meantime, I am a licensed broker at Windermere. I am a rehabber. I'm an Airbnb super host. I'm a podcaster. And I'm sitting next to my broadcast partner, uh, Ron of the Ron and Dawn. So uh, how are you doing? We're going to talk about the great resignation here in a moment. Uh, also, a lot of people have been talking about this slap. By the time you've heard this, it happened a week and a half ago. We all know about the slap. And we can just say that happened between Will and Chris. And it seems like now Will has apologized. Chris has gone out. He's doing stand-up. People are saying, hey, if you're not going to talk about this, give me my money back because uh, tickets, ticket sales for Chris Rock are just off the chain, y'all. <laughs> A white guy saying off the chain, y'all, is just, it's wrong. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, you you had a really interesting take when we were talking about this privately uh, Ron, the other day, I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I was watching the Academy Awards live when that happened. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, I subscribed to Amazon TV for or YouTube TV for a day and then canceled. Um, and at first I thought it was a bit like most people. And so I, I kind of, it was so shocking that I started kind of searching for different takes on things and looking around, uh, watching like Twitter reactions. And most of the time in YouTube and whatnot, most of the time it was all very just straight ahead, all the reactions you, you'd think of. And there was one thing I was watching and I, I forget who it was, so I can't give them credit, but uh, it was a person of color. And so they were talking about, and I heard this a lot, Hey, Will Smith trained uh, to do the the movie about Muhammad Ali. That guy, when he was in that movie, looked uh, very similar. He put on a lot of weight. His boxing skills really improved, and and he had professional fighter training. And so what what he could have done was he could have cold cocked Chris Rock with a fist and just put him on the ground, probably knocked him out because Chris Rock wasn't obviously anticipating that. And so these these two men of color are talking about, and they said, no, 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 you're absolutely missing the whole point. Uh, and again, this is just something I heard third third party or secondhand, whatever the word is. He said, when the greatest disrespect of a grown black man is an open-handed slap for this reason. He said, when there was the slave trade and slave ownership in America, and then through the Jim Crow era, you know, into the the 1950s and 60s. 
white men and white women knew that black people could not retaliate. And so many times you would have a grown black man in his 40s, 50s, or 60s be slapped by a much younger white person or uh, a woman. So even a child could come up and slap a black person knowing that they would never retaliate. Because if they retaliated, they would get lynched. Mm. And Mm. that, so they just had to swallow that. So you could be an adult black man and a 12-year-old kid could come up to you if they were white or they were associated with the power class and open hand slap you and there's nothing you could do about it. So this person's argument was what Chris Rock did was more insulting than a closed fist punch to walk up to him and slap him like that. You said what Chris Rock did. What, what, what Will Smith did. What Will Smith did was more insulting than had he punched him with a closed fist. I had not heard that. It makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I think the other thing too, I'll get your reaction on that, but I've heard, I've, I've heard a lot of takes on the toxic masculinity and some other, I have some other thoughts on this, but after that. Nobody said this, but Will Smith looked just freaking high to me. He looked, he looked like he was high. When you, when you look at his eyes, he looked like he was out of his mind. Uh, someone who's been drunk a lot myself and high before, he just looked high. Uh, he looked high afterwards when I looked at all the pictures. I don't understand going up, doing what he did. And we've all heard you stole the moment from everyone else. He did. Jim Carrey said he'd file a $200 million lawsuit because of it, because of what he did. Uh, the Academy is now thinking about taking that award back. I think they should. Uh, I don't approve of him going up there. And, and as far as what Chris said, sticks and stones. Uh, I don't, if, if you look at, if, if you've listened to their podcast and you know what, what Jada and, and Will are all about, they are all about. Uh, what they say they're all about. Yeah, they're they're all about getting media coverage. And it blows my mind that afterwards he stayed at the party. There's a picture of him laughing and have a great time. He went up and he took that award. And at that time, he was not self-aware enough to... uh, uh, It would be different for me if he apologized to Chris Rock right then. Or they brought Chris Rock out right then and said, you know what? I want to take this moment to apologize to you. I was, and I haven't heard anyone say this, but that's what he should have done. And so, and so afterwards now trying to fix it, cause he knows they may take his award away. Uh, and then com- coming out and publicly saying, you know, I apologize. I think, I, I think it's a little late on the apology and, and I don't think what he did was okay at all. As it, and, and what you say and what this presenter said is very interesting to me. I don't know if you've ever been open hand slapped before. I remember I was a very little boy. I was sitting on the toilet. And when I was young, am I, am I, I may have a son that struggles with this too. So uh, it's something that runs in my family. I really struggled with constipation and I couldn't go to the bathroom. And we had a bathroom in my house and then we had a powder room. In the powder room, I lived in track housing with my mom and dad. And my dad would get up early because he was a he was a truck driver, and my 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 brother was in the shower getting ready for school, and so I was over in the powder room, and my dad would go in the powder room really early in the morning. He would get ready, and he couldn't get in the powder room because I was in there 
like I'm seven and I'm trying to go to the bathroom. And so he comes in and he is so angry at me. And I, I, I can remember his face. He didn't have his teeth in because uh, he, he had, even at a very young age, he had false teeth. He had his teeth out. He's smoking a cigarette. And he told me that he was going to be late for work. We don't cuss a lot on this show, but I'll say it here. And he said, you know what? I'll slap the shit out of you. Literally, I'll slap the shit out of you. And he slapped me with an open hand palm. It was so degrading. It was so painful. But beyond the physical pain, like here I am at 54, going to be 55 in April. And, and, and I can still, I wish he would have punched me. I, and, and, and I'm not a black man being hit by a black man. I'm a little boy uh, being hit by a dad. It, it, there, there is something happens. Something happens with an open hand slap where, yeah, you feel like somebody should have punched, punched you in the gut. So anyway, I feel like all this stuff that Will Smith says about all the work that he's done, I think it's bullshit. Uh, I think the red table that him and Jada sit around and they talk about their, their kids and they reveal all this stuff. I, I, I think it's all BS. Um, and I think what he did is BS. It shows that we have a lot of work to do. And it's in that moment. It's in the moment. If you've done your work where he, he should have, if he really did his work, then he would have stood up there. He would have apologized to Chris. They would have brought him back out. And then you wouldn't sit there and party your heart off afterwards. Totally just not even being self-aware about the damage he had just done to the Academy, uh, to other folks. And to Chris Rock. And then Chris Rock is running around. Because if you if, if if you know about Chris's past, the work that he's done, the things that he has struggled with, the things that he revealed, he revealed, he's going around up bleeding and just kind of apologizing to everyone. And now that he's doing his stand-up, he's doing the right thing. He said, Hey, if you came to hear me talk about Will Smith, and he doesn't say this, but he's like, I'm still processing. Let's get on to some of the other jokes that I've written. That's a man right there in Chris Rock that has done his work. And I would encourage you to listen to the interview that Chris Rock did with Howard Stern about both of them going through therapy and what they learned. And this is after he was on the road cheating on his wife, lost her. Uh, Some really, really great stuff. I have great appreciation for him, his journey, and I think what Will Smith did, uh, that's not standing up for a woman. That has nothing to do with her. That has everything to do with him. So There's one other thing I want to explore here. I know this segment's going a little long, and I'd be interested to get your take on this. Because I, he went up there in his acceptance speech, Will Smith did, and became the self-proclaimed protector of all these women in his life. He's like, I'm protecting my wife and I'm protecting these actors that I just did this movie with. And I'm the protector. And have another glass of champagne. When, when I heard that. And so in other words, that then justifies this violence that I just did. And so I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Jada Smith, Pinkett Smith is an adult woman. She can handle herself for words. All right. Like if you're married, she to could someone- handle herself with Tupac Shakur. If you know that, if you know the, the, if you know their past, if she can handle that and she can handle the bloods and the crips, she used to be a drug dealer. She's very open about that. She can handle an alopecia joke. She right, just, so it's she a just, joke. She just can't. 
these these young women that played Venus and Serena Williams in the movie King Richards, did they ask him to be their protector? Do they need Will Smith to be their protector? The the other grown woman that he referenced in the audience that was his co-star, did she ask him to be a protector? If no one's asking you to be their protector, then it's all about you, man. It's all about whatever story you're telling yourself about what it means to be a man. And if a woman asks you for protection that you are close with, then you give it to her. You, 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 if you're in a situation and someone, if there was a fight that broke out or someone's in legit danger and they're like, Hey, help me. You help them. You know, even what you're saying right now, I don't agree with. I know women that would kick your ass. I know women that would kick my ass. I know, I know, I know women that, that need to protect me. So this whole thing about man protecting women, that's a bunch of BS. Women are highly capable. Jada, Jada is highly capable. Uh, and that's I, my point. I, I don't. Well, you're if someone you're, asked you're, you if a woman needs protection. No, if she asked if, you, if, if my son, if would, you were in like a uh, a bar, not a woman, if a friend, if, if a, friend, a friend, yeah, not a woman, if a person asked. My, if my son was here right now, he'd check you into the boards on that. And he's eleven. He checks me all the time. So, so I'll take that point that yeah. a person because you're being a hero again, and you're not. No, like, I'm saying well, I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. If someone will ask you if they need protection. If they in in people can handle their own issues, so that part of it I think is completely misguided. His son then tweeted out like, "This is how we do as the Smith family." So he's bought into this narrative, yeah, and it's it's wrong. Women need to be allowed to respond and react the way that they feel about a situation, and not the way that you feel because you're the self proclaimed protector of everybody. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that you have a front row seat and that's what you did with your front row seat. It's too bad. Right, Charlie? They got Charlie the Doodle here. He protects me. Look out, everyone. We'll see you on the other side of this. You can just tell that, they, uh, that they're that they just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, uh, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have, and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs>
Don't forget when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey. Schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, can you believe this? We've been working with Les Schwab for the past 12 years, but Les Schwab has been around for 70 years now, right here in the great specific Northwest. In fact, they're celebrating with your chance to win a $700 prize certificate. That's pretty amazing. And all you have to do is share your Les Schwab story if you want to enter to win. And to do that, Ron, all you have to do is go to LesSchwab.com. I know that I have stories. You have stories. Mine involves a giant nail in my tire, and they fixed it for free. You can go to LesSchwab.com, tell your story, win that $700 prize. And while you're there, schedule a free pre-trip safety check right online. They will look at your wheels, alignment, brakes, shots, shocks, and struts, all for free. You can schedule yours at LesSchwab.com or just stop by and tell them Ron and Don sent you. That is Les. Schwab Tires, we've been doing the right thing since 1952. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, just reach out. Sandy did that this week. We had to sit down, and now we're in flow together talking about, hey, what does the future look like for you as she begins to contemplate selling her home in the Pacific Northwest? Home needs some work, so we're here to work on it and to help and to partner. We'll meet you wherever you are at. That's the key, guys. So if your house needs a lot of work, uh, we'll step in, we'll step up. And if your house is just ready to go and it's turnkey, uh, we don't get too many of those. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we did, but we don't. Anyway, just go to ronadonsitdown.com. Today, that's ronadonsitdown.com. We'll sit down, have a virtual conversation, and find out if we're going to be good teammates, just like uh, we're going to be good teammates with uh, with Sandy, you guys. So. so the real question that people want to know is, are you running for the uh, political office here in Seattle? You wrote a diatribe on Facebook that kept, I, I was like, Oh, Don wrote a couple lines. I opened it up and you, you, you got some stuff off your chest, got a, a tremendous reaction online and yeah. people are going, Hey, maybe I would vote for a guy like this. Yeah. You know, you know, what's been upsetting to me is, uh, I, I have been upset with the way that the city of Seattle and the surrounding areas are just becoming trashed. And then I see areas that aren't trashed. And I see it every day. And the reason I see it is because when someone calls me and they say, hey, would you come see our house? The Ron and Don Nation is vast. Most real estate agents work in a neighborhood and they're a neighborhood expert. So like a lot of our friends at Windermere, they're like, hey, I just sell in Magnolia. Or I just sell in Queen Anne or I sell in Ballard. Ron and I sell everywhere because of our radio, our 25-year radio careers. Our listeners are everywhere. So we drive all over the place. So I get to see the way that Everett is handing, handling homelessness. Sometimes in the same day, I'll drive to Tacoma. Or I was over in Snoqualmie here in Seattle. This shouldn't happen. Uh, I was at an open house for our friend uh, uh, Travis over in Snoqualmie. And congratulations uh, to them because we sold and closed. And, and, and in fact, the buyers are part of the Rondon Nation, too. They use Mitch.loan. So that, that, that's very exciting to us. But, but nonetheless, I walked into a Bartels. My son wasn't feeling well. He needed some Kleenex. And we both walked in there. He's 11. And we, we both had the same reaction 
In fact, we got out in the car and my son said to me, he goes, Daddy, could you believe how clean that Bartels was? And we spent 10 minutes talking about how amazing this drugstore was. It's just a drugstore. But when we went in there, it was spotless and nice. It was neatly stocked. Nothing was locked up. You could get to everything. You could you could go buy Similac. It's not it's not locked up. The razors are not locked up. You go to the Bartels here at the top of the hill. Everything's locked up. Uh, a lot of the store shelves are empty. You cannot go to the bathroom. The bathrooms have been out of order for two years. There's a reason they're out of order, and we know they're not really out of order. Uh, if you can get in, you need a code. Bartels out there, so you didn't need a code. You could, it just, I went in the bathroom. I didn't even go to the bathroom. I'm walking around going, wow, look at this bathroom. So fast forward to what's happening in Seattle. People have asked me a lot since my day on Cairo, since my days on Cairo. They said, you have a lot of good ideas. Why don't you run for office? And the reason I've never run for office, number one, I don't want to. Number two, you don't, go, you don't get paid enough. And number three, you end up hated, right? Most of the politicians right here, you go back to Greg Nichols, who's actually a really good mayor. Uh, we're very good friends on uh, Facebook. He's a very good mayor. He could really write policy. Uh, but he ended up being hated because uh, the snowplow fiasco that happened over in West Seattle. Nobody uh, loves Norm Rice. Uh, nobody loves Jenny Durkin. There's reasons why we don't love Mayor Murray. Uh, mayor McGinn, how did he become mayor? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't do McGinn again. What a, anyway. It's one of the reasons we're in trouble today. So now we fast forward to running off our police chief here. I mean, I mean during the Black Lives Matter movement, we're in liberal Seattle. We're, it's the, we run off the liberal black police chief it's in Seattle. That, that blows my mind. We lose 600 officers. We are about to lose 37 more at this moment. And now Bruce Harrell comes in, who's an old retread from the city council. He's never owned a business. He's never been a 1099 employee. Uh, he will not come. And, and, and there's a reason why he won't, he won't say this, because he doesn't think he'd get elected. He will not come out and say, as the mayor, that I am closing the campground. I'm going to enforce the laws that are already on the books, and we are closing the campground. What he is doing is he's providing a, a maid service. He's cleaning the campground. Jenny Durkin wasn't doing that. And some of that she couldn't do because of COVID. Now he's going around, and I see this at the bottom of my street. They will clean out in front of the RVs. They help those RVs move. The RVs move over to the other side of the street. And the ones that were on the other side of the street and down at SPU, because I live near SPU, they rotate back to where uh, the campers were that just left, that left a mess. They rotate back in, and they, and they, they re-park on the clean side of the street. They'll be there for another six months, and then the city will come in red tag, and then we'll play Red Rover, Red Rover with RVs again. And there, it's just this big circular. There's a merry-go-round going on in my neighborhood, and there's a everyone that's listening right now, everyone that's listening that's in Seattle. Uh, you maybe you're down in Pierce County, parts of Snohomish. You have a merry-go-round going around also. 
And the reasons why politicians won't come out, and I know this just from my days of talking to politicians, interviewing them, and they, 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 they are so afraid of not getting reelected because then how do they get paid? I mean, Mayor McGann really struggled looking for work after he was mayor here in the city of Seattle. In fact, he would come and work at Cairo sometimes for free, and he worked on his resume and everything else. Because he's like, what the hell am I going to do? I think Greg Nichols went on and became a professor. So congratulations to him. But going back to this, you don't have to write, rewrite any laws or policy. You just have to say the laws and the books in the city of Seattle and King County is you can't camp. So we're going to start enforcing that. We're not going to play merry-go-round with, with these RVs. And on top of that, on top of that, and, and, and if you go out to my Facebook page, you can't be my friend because I already have 5,000, but you could be my follower and you can write me and a lot of people did this. You can read kind of this homeless manifesto that I wrote. A lot of people did. A lot of people reacted. King five reached out. Uh, Kong reached out, which I think is King five. Como's reached out. A lot of people are interested finding out if I'd actually run for mayor. And, and I don't think two years ago, if I would have run against Bruce Harold and said, hey, I'm closing the campground, we're going to stop the merry-go-round, and I'm going to put a stop to bus, bus stop Bruce, because that's what he is. He's, to me, he's bus stop, stop Bruce. The reason he's bus stop Bruce is he just moved a bus stop at 3rd and Pike down to 3rd and Pine because of all his shootings and stabbings and beatings down there. So what he's done is what four other mayors have done before him. They move that bus stop down there. Uh, it gets some headlines. It looks like he's doing something. And then all you've done is you've you've moved the shootings from Third and Pike to Third and Pine or Third and Pike back to Third and Pine. And usually they do this during the kind of summer months. People are out. Tourists are coming here. Uh, he just cleaned the parade route because he was in a St. Patrick's Day parade that I talked about. And so, and so really... What I'd love to, I, I would love for Bruce Harold to be our mayor and be a good mayor. I want him to close the campground. I want him to stop the merry-go-round. And I want him to stop just stepping in front of microphones with his name on it, saying the city of Seattle, and, and making stupid decisions and getting headlines for it as he did with the bus stop. That's why I call him Bus Stop Bruce, right? It's very Donald Trump of me. <laughs> Anyway, and what's funny is I'm pretty damn liberal, you guys. I, I am. And, 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 and these ideas of closing the campground, you could have not gotten elected when he ran. You couldn't. You couldn't have got elected two years ago, maybe even 18 months ago or a year ago. It has changed. And I can tell by this manifesto because I, 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 it was very long and I wanted to see if people would read it. And they did. And I want to see if media sources read it, and they did. And I'm not joking about running for mayor here. If he doesn't step in and close the campground and stop the merry-go-round and, and, and stop it with these same decisions that other mayors have made, uh, then I'm seriously thinking about stepping in and doing something about it. I would love to debate him on all these topics. The first thing that I would ask him is, hey, I've been very involved in this community uh, and I've helped raise $12 million in this community for things I love and care about. Most of the time it's for cops and police officers. Number one, Bruce Harrell, will you apologize to cops and police officers for the way that they've been treated in this city? My understanding was he was on a talk show the other day and asked that very question. And he said he would not. 
We live in a world-class city. He's not begging anyone to come back. You lost 600 officers. You lost an African-American beloved police chief who was a track star going all the way back to Lincoln. Then you see what she did with her life, and we ran her off. Go get her back. Go get Carmen Best back. Say you're sorry. Please come back. Every other department in the country, including New York, is interviewing her. Let's go get her. Let's apologize. to. I, I know my friend Mike McGann, who sat here the other day, he's, he, he said that he would come back and help recruit for SPD if they asked him to. And, and, and if there was a change in the culture, that he would be open to doing that. Here's the, here's the other idea that I had. I think anybody on the city council, anybody that's an executive, anybody that's the mayor, push away from the podium. Go get your shovel and some blue gloves. And once a month, every I'm not talking about a ride along. I'm talking about a work along. You're going to join a DOT crew and you're going to clean up all this crap that's in our neighborhoods. You're going to do that. You're going to go into these RVs and see all the rats and all the feces. You're going to look at the four RVs where people have been murdered in the last two weeks, the crime season's inside. Uh, and all the rats and blood, and these are actually sitting over. I saw them the other day. The, these rigs are actually sitting over at Fort Lawton because they're crime scenes. People have moved back into them while they're over at Fort Lawton with blood and brains and everything else inside. And, and the rats are very friendly because they're used to people. When you are in the proximity of cops, police officers, and DOT workers, and jails, and Harborview, and nurses, and docs, you are going to make different policy decisions. It is not our job to provide homes for everyone. Everyone, a lot of people come here from other places. If you read our article, and I'll finish with this. One day, I remember I knocked on 17 doors, RV doors. I asked people, and I was interviewing them when I worked at Cairo. I asked to see their IDs. 16 of the 17 people were from out of state. They had moved here because we're so lax and we're so kind. You can get drugs anywhere. You're not going to jail. Boy, you try that in certain parts of Texas. <laughs> that don't fly, but it flies here, right? It flies here. So I'm really looking for a mayor that will close the campground, stop the merry-go-round. And Bus Stop Bruce so far seems to be more of the same. And I think it's because he's never been a small business owner like myself. We've had our tools and our dump trucks stolen, our, our doors kicked in, our windows broken. I have to go by our, I go by our construction site four times a day just to check on the security of it. I go there every night and every morning, checking the locks, checking the doors. It, it shouldn't have to be that way here in the city of Seattle. And it feels very unsafe and lawless to me. And I'll tell you this, it's different when you ride to the east side because they have closed the campground. In fact, it's never been open. They don't have a merry-go-round of RVs. That's why the Bartels over there was such a joy to walk into when you go out towards Snoqualmie Falls. So I know that everybody, all of us have our issues and our problems, but it's time for a mayor and a governor in the state of Washington, the city of Seattle, to close the campground. You could run on that now. You could run on that now and win. A lot of people say I couldn't, but I could. I could win. I will see you on the other side of this. All right, you guys, a lot of people are switching to Mitch. That's right, Mitch.loans. You know what you find out, though? It's kind of interesting, and this happens to a lot of us. You haven't had your credit pulled in an awful long time. You pull the credit, and you find out, hey, there's some things on here that don't belong on here. 
Hey, before you refinance or before you go after that loan, it's really important to get underwritten first. And then that way, if you get in a competitive real estate deal, you've already dealt with the fact that, you know what, that charge from American Express wasn't your charge. You've already dealt with your credit report. That's why, Mitch, it is so important to get underwritten, right? It gives you a lot of leverage when you get into the real estate deal. It sure is, yeah. And that credit thing is huge because we have people all the time who come and we pull their credit and there's something that they just have no idea about, right? And we have a credit specialist on our team. I've seen most things, but this credit specialist will go in and fix it for you. And it's huge when it comes to buying later down the road. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. Is the official mortgage guy of the Ronadon Nation. You get half a percent off of your mortgage fees when you say, hey, I'm with Ron and Don, and you buy that new house. Go to Mitch.loans right now for more info. That's Mitch.loans, NMLS 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. It was really cool when we had a, one of our listeners walk into an open house the other day. And I said, do you need help with uh, financing? They said, well, we're, we got help. We're using Mitch.loans. Yeah, <laughs> Mitch.loans. Reach out to Mitch. He can. Uh, they're, they're doing a Ron and Don a buyer benefit program for people to listen to this show where you get one half of the value of your loan back uh, and you can buy down your points. There's all sorts of stuff you can do with that money. The average savings is over $3,000. Yeah, super cool, you guys. Mitch Not Loans, our thanks to him. Our thanks to Les Schwab also for sponsoring today's show. And of course us, Ron and Don, licensed brokers. When you need us, just go to Ron and Don. Sit down! Uh, dot com. And we can sit down today, tomorrow, or maybe sometime next week. The Great Resignation. We've talked a lot about this. And Ron, it seems like those that have resigned, they say have had the upper hand when it comes to employment in America. But oh, this is about to change. Is, is it about to change? And why would it change? Well, there's been some interesting articles on this and economists that are looking at this. And there's no doubt that, that it has changed. Like, I, I am utterly convinced that things have changed and people, uh, I was just reading a thing today about food service where someone was like, Hey, unpopular opinion. I am no longer tipping. If I'm just doing like takeout, it is not my responsibility. If the food industry, uh, needs me to subsidize someone for, you know, ringing me up and just handing my, my food in a bag. And he's like, I hope that these employees do the great resignation, put pressure on this fast casual food industry to give them a working wage. So those sort of machinations, I think, have been a net good in society, minus the part where you're paying, you know, I think I paid $22 the other day for a lunch, which 10, 15 years ago, I would have gone absolutely berserk on. Uh, you know, when you're just going to get a regular lunch for one and, and it costs that much. But so I, I get the economics of that. However, having said all that, uh, I am on the side of most workers that, that deserve to get paid. They deserve to be work one job. If you're working full time, you should be able to live and, and work in the city or close proximity to where you live. Yeah, hang on, because and I don't want to go real long here. What, what changed? Because we used to talk about this on the radio and you're like, your your stance was firm. Uh, you don't necessarily deserve to live where you work. And if you got to work three jobs, and I grew up, and blah, 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 and I've had three jobs, and blah, blah, you you do. So what's changed? Uh, I think the thing that's changed to me is is the... How'd you like my... Blah, blah, blah. That was nice. That was, <laughs> get off my lawn! Ah, we're old men now. Ah. The thing that changed for me is I didn't understand how 
people were being turned into the product back then. Uh, you know, I think I, I was viewing things through the historical lens of if you were, if you were Henry Ford, for lack of a better model, or maybe even Steve Jobs, uh, and you invented a product and that product became popular, I believed, and I still do believe this in a lot of ways, you, you deserve the spoils for that. If you developed a product, you came up with the idea, you came up with the engineering, you marketed it, you like bootstrapped a company and it becomes successful, you deserve to make a lot of money. And, and Henry Ford did, because not only was he building uh, German tanks and trucks at the same time, he was building bombers in the USA, and then he was building artillery for Great Britain all at the same time. So... Uh, so he really benefited benefited from that. So. so, but then what what changed in the you know sort of Web two point uh, economy is that you had a relatively few people that took over our information and they began to take products that weren't really even products; they were ideas or websites or whatever, and turning them into hundreds of billions of dollars. And meanwhile, like Jeff Bezos paying for his private space program when a warehouse worker, you know, has to pee in a bottle because they have to deliver so many picks uh, per hour. So like that, that, that is what changed for me. It's like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to going to go to this extreme. Like, does Bezos deserve to make more than the warehouse worker? Absolutely. And it's not even just the warehouse worker. Try to find a cop that that lives and works in Seattle even if they want to work in Seattle and, and, and cops can make a significant amount of money doing overtime, a lot of times it's not enough. It's just not enough to actually live, work, and play in the city that you work in is very, very difficult. So most cops live in bedroom communities. They'll tell you it's out of a safety issue. A lot of times it's, it's a financial issue. It just is. If you want to have a yard and a dog and, and three bedrooms and two baths and, and you, you, you want to send your kids off to school and, and, live your version of the American dream. You're not going to be doing that here in Seattle. It's the same with firefighters. I, I think of, I think right now six firefighters. I know none of them live in the city of Seattle. Not, none of them own real estate here. Uh, and the one cop I know that own real estate down in beacon Hill, we just sold his house and he moved up to Muckleteo and he said, number one, I got tired of mowing my lawn and seeing people that I had arrested yesterday back out, uh, in beacon Hill today. And then he he didn't feel safe to him. And then the other thing is he just said, my money just goes a lot farther in a place like Muckleteo. So it's just not the service worker, but it's some of those frontline workers and even first, second, third responders. You think about nurses that work at Harborview. Every nurse I know that works at Harborview, none of them live in the city. They, 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 they can't afford to unless you're younger and maybe you're renting an apartment. But when you decide I want to have a family and, and do those other things, uh, you, 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 you cannot afford to live here. So, so the, the consensus seems to be that the great resignation had a big impact on the American worker and the American employee or employer. But now that there's a, the clock is sort of running out on this because if you haven't taken this opportunity to resign from a job that you felt underappreciated, underpaid, and maybe overqualified for, if you haven't jumped to that new opportunity yet, then kind of it's on you now. There is no perfect job. There is no perfect way for you to, to make an, uh, an income, whether you do it for yourself or you do it for someone else. So at a certain point, you have to just make a choice, go ahead and do that job and sort of make the best of it. 
And so that's kind of what they're saying is like, no one's coming to save you, as you've said. And if you resigned and you thought that, oh, there's going to be this radical change and then I'm going to jump back in, it's all going to be utopia. That is not happening. And so I think people, it's dawning on people like, all right, I need to find something better than I had before. It's still not going to be perfect. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 386 of the Ron and Don show. This is Mayor (laughs) O'Neill. Maybe you'll be my police chief. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you guys, if you're listening, run for city council, run for the school board, do something. We got to bump these career politicians to get people in there like us to make real change. Go for it. Uh, we all should go for it, including me. There's, there's something we need to step into right now collectively uh, in order to get this turned around, close the campground, stop the merry-go-round, and then really sort out the people that really need our help. Uh, and if you want to read that article that I wrote, it just says that we need – uh, basically the same president, the, the, the president we see in Ukraine right now, we need here in the city of Seattle and the state of Washington. Uh, and then I give six ideas of the kind of things that I think we could do, including not ride-alongs, but work-alongs for all politicians that write policy when they're down in the trenches with you and with us. Uh, and, they're sm- it, it, and again, a lot of them haven't owned small businesses, so they don't know what it's like to be you. Uh, we need that right now in, in, in this great state and this great city because it is a great state and it is a great city and it's worth stepping in, stepping up and saving. Uh, hey, do you want to thank Mitch.Loans for sponsoring today's show? Don't forget, if you need a loan, go to Mitch.Loans and uh, Mitch can help you out. Tell them you're part of the Ron and Don Nation. Our thanks to Les Schwab. Spring tire sales going on right now. So go see Rich and all the guys at Les Schwab. And finally, uh, thanks to us, Ron and Don, for also sponsoring today's show. If you need us, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Till next time, keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you right here. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>